0: We all think about what we eat. We plan our meals or count carbs or do any number of other things when it comes to what we put in our bodies. But do you ever think about the flavor of what you consume? Sure you do. What we eat or drink either tastes good or it doesn't. In fact, taste is the number one consideration in what we consume. Yet there's more to it than just like or dislike. And there's even a whole industry dedicated to it. Flavor is memory. Flavor is feeling. Flavor is science. Flavor is art. Flavor is Fona. Welcome to Fona's Flavor University podcast, where we explore the science, artistry, and industry behind flavor. It's a little odd to use the term landscape when referring to beverage. Landscapes tend to change slowly or not at all. Whereas beverages are liquid, therefore everything changes and is fluid, much like the industry itself. That is what we're talking about today the ever changing landscape of beverages. And joining us are our two subject matter experts Julie Olson, Fona's industry manager of beverage, and Trina Murray, principal scientist in the beverage lab at Fona. Hello, ladies. How are you? Great. How are you? Doing good today. Thanks, Trina.
1: Doing good, Corey.
0: Awesome. So guys, we're glad to have you here today. Thanks for making the drive or making the trip from wherever you're coming from. Uh, But we're going to do like we always do. We're going to start off with a little bit about you and how you got to where you're at and what brought you to Fona. So Julie, go ahead and start for us, please.
2: Sure. Hi, my name is Julie Olson. I have been with Fona just coming up on two years now. Prior to that, I have worked in the flavor industry coming up on five years I have been in marketing over 10, maybe 11 years now. I have also have a bit of category management, sales. I have also spent way too many years in the restaurant and bar industry in Chicago. And um, I guess one thing to note is that when I work on beverage, I work on alcohol and CBD beverage and zero proof, mostly. And I would say that that's near and dear to my heart because I grew up in a winery in Southwest Michigan.
1: So it's already in me. And with that, I'll turn it over to Trina. And hi, I'm Trina Murray. I'm a Principal Scientist in the Beverage Applications Lab. Started my career in flavour about 17 years ago. Been with FonA for 14 of those. So I've worked across all types of different applications in the in the beverage side of things. Had a little bit of time in, uh, in confections, but the bulk of of my time has has certainly been devoted to all the all the fluid applications and prior to um, starting in in flavors i worked in the pharmaceutical industry for about 6 years before that so i have a good basis in quality as well
0: so trina if winery is in julie's blood what brings you to beverage what is it about that brings you back i mean you said you left confectionery and to come back what is it about beverage that you know just draws your attention or is that just where the work is
1: it's partly just it's partly where the work is but it's partly just the, the 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 speed and it's where where beverage is beverage is the the innovative side of things you see the new flavors first in beverage before you see them in any of the other categories so it's a really a, a really innovative area and i love coming into my job and having something different to do every day there's uh, no two days are ever the same and then creating something new it, it, it it's just there's nothing to match it
0: I mean, so on the nose. Uh, I, I, in personal experience, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, if somebody else is thinking differently than me. But I, I'm, I think people are more likely to try something to drink than they are to try something to eat, especially when it's, you know, something new or unheard of. Is, is that true? Is that the case? Is that your experience?
2: Yes, Corey, that is the case because it's easy. It's just a drink, right? And it's usually low investment, and so it's easy to try, right? It's really quick. I can take a sip. I can decide if I like it. If I don't like it, I only lost, you know, if it's a beverage, three or four dollars, or fancy beverage, five or six. Cocktail, maybe ten. But it's not twenties and thirties dollars worth of income.
0: And there's so, always water to rinse it down or wash it exactly out or whatever. Exactly, fast if you don't like it. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm one of those guys that always has that cup of water right there. But you know, <laughs> there's not too many food or beverages that I, you know, I, I won't try or haven't liked. And it
2: doesn't sit your stomach forever either. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So now Trina kind of gave us her day in the life or said that there are no two days that are exactly the same. Why don't we get kind of a feel of, of what you're doing in the field? Like, what are you doing on your days?
2: Well, you know, it's funny. First, I just have to say that I've been in marketing quite a while in a variety of roles, but I feel like I landed in my sweet spot when I, turned it, when I started in flavor. And one of the reasons I love, love, love being in flavor is because we are in the we're on the cutting edge of innovation right so we always have to have our fingers on the pulse to what's going on and other places are like that but it's they're a little far, they're a little behind in this life cycle within flavor you have to really know what's next so that's always exciting um, my you want to know kind of what I do anywhere from helping the customer right with insights to help them help them innovate, you know, concept development. We do brainstorming co- for concepts for customers. Trina and I, and a our Innovation Manager. Sometimes I pull in my other industry managers with us, and we'll all brainstorm concepts for customers. Uh, we'll look up insights if they have questions. We'll even do proactive proprietary focus studies on subjects that are hot and up and coming. Um, As a matter of fact, a little plug in about six weeks or maybe six weeks or eight weeks, we're going to have a ready to drink alcohol study on Gen Z, young millennial and older millennial, because that's where the sweet spot a lot of manufacturers are looking at. And we decided I, I kept hearing from people that they wanted to own the beach. Well, I have a strong feeling there's more than the beach to own. And so we did a study on that and I'm really excited to roll it out. But that's just the wide variety of example of what we do. So, And then the other thing too is uh, training the sales team, right? Giving them more information for them to go out and, and sell. So it's I love the job.
0: So you guys... I wonder we had uh, our sensory team in here a little while ago, a little plug for one of our previous podcasts. But are you guys monopolizing the the sensory team as far as the lots of beverage, you know, going that way? Because it seems like when we're in there doing the taste testing, it's always some kind of liquid. It's always
1: I'll let Trina take this
0: one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely love our sensory folk. Uh, they have constant projects coming forward from the from the beverage team, whether it's a, a a protein beverage or an alcohol beverage, not so much in the alcohol, actually, now that I think about it, but a lot of, so many different flavors, and and along with that, you know, we are also looking at shelf life studies for for the different flavors, ensuring that they're going to hold up for the the duration of the shelf life of the the product that they that they're going to go into. So that's a very important part of our of our role. But it's always so exciting when you're doing something more like a, a preference test, where we're where we're up against something that's already on the market, and you want to be better then. Because that's where our creativity comes into play and you're, you're looking for that nuance that, that somebody will like a little more than whatever's out there already. Maybe it's just, you know, if it was a strawberry flavor, maybe it's a little hint of guava underneath to, to give it more of a, a green note and, and so that it seems a little fresher and brighter. And yeah, these are just some of the ideas that go through our heads on, on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys obviously with the sensory team are like Julie said, keeping your finger on the pulse. So let's talk about that. You know, you guys are are kind of acting like mediums in a way. You're you're channeling what people are going to want, what they're looking for, what's the landscape looking like and what's next.
2: Okay, well, I'll take it and then turn it over to you, Trina. Well, one thing I can say is that there's part of the landscape that doesn't change, right? And um, I think you probably already talked about this, or if you haven't, you will. At Fona, we have Molly Zimmerman, our innovation manager, really brought this concept to life for us. But it's three lanes of innovation, right? Where there's masterful ubiquity, there's approachable adventure, and there's transformational. So masterful ubiquity doesn't really change at all, right? That strawberry is always going to be Popular, well-known, well-loved, and how do we make it the best possible? And then transformational is where something new and it shakes up the industry. Like White Claw did to the ready-to-drink alcohol business a couple... You know how many years ago now? And even... I was just giving a a presentation on hard coffee. Pabst Blue Ribbon really shook up hard coffee, right? I mean, who would have thought you could have a malt beverage, hard coffee, right? So Impossible Burger. That's another good example outside the beverage world. And then there's that whole wide of approachable adventure where you can have something a little closer in um, or a little safer, where you have like a fruit on fruit combination. You can get a little a little more adventurous because you could have a fruit and a fruit that you don't haven't really heard of. But for us, and one of the things we really like, uh, or I think is one of the more exciting things, is that you're seeing other adventure in there, right? Of new things coming to life, like spices and herbs and florals and. Uh, Well, and some other crazy things like alcohol as a flavor versus alcohol as a drink. And well, way out there, food, right? And I don't mean apple pie and peach cobbler and brownies and Girl Scout cookies. We all know those can come to life in drinks. We all look for it every year, year round. But I'm talking like actual center of the plate or well, I shouldn't say center of the plate, but actual dinner food. So it's kind of crazy and exciting, so...
1: Yeah, so for us in the lab, it's taking those those ideas that come from marketing and trying to translate them into an actual an actual product. So if Julie comes forward and tells me that she needs something like a uh, some floral ideas in an alcohol beverage, for instance, then we'll I'll play with the base and try and, and bring out some of the of the the things in the base that would complement uh, that particular floral note. So if I'm going to just use an example. So if uh, if I'm looking at uh, lavender, for instance, what are the things that lavender works well with? We all know that lavender and honey, lavender and, you know, some of the other fruitier flavors tend to, to work very well together. So I'll build a base around that, that that's going to have a nice maybe acidity to to help take away from the you know because sometimes floral can be a little overpowering so you need something that makes it uh, that makes it bright and refreshing as well so uh, that that's kind of where where the thought process might be on uh, in developing something new
2: and you know Corey the number for Inova uh, one of the insights uh, companies out there right um, Innova said that the number one beverage trend for the world was mashups which is really just another word for approachable adventure. So it's kind of exciting because there's a lot of
1: exploration here. With that approachable adventure, normally speaking, we might have a list of different different flavors. So you might have a whole list of different uh, standard flavors, like strawberry, strawberry, blueberry, you know, watermelon, things that are very well known. And then I'll have, there might be a list of lavender, hibiscus, that elderflower and trying to figure out how all those things interweave together. You try out all these different things. Some of them work, some of them don't on the bench. And that's the the process of elimination is the way that that things work.
0: So you guys have both kind of touched on this so far. And I I mean, as is evidence from our last episode, I'm a big fan of the weird and like things that are like kind of on the cusp or you might not want to go for. What are you seeing on that horizon? I know we have some examples in here of like, you know, French fry vodka or something of that? What else is out there? Or is, have you tried any of these?
2: I have not tried French fry vodka. So if anyone, uh, when you're listening out here, there, it's actually um, Arby's Curly Fries Vodka that just came out as an LTO. So it's really kind of crazy and innovative. Another thing that I've seen out there is a restaurant called Burger Spy, I believe, has bacon maple bacon milkshakes, which personally I would think is delicious because I made a maple bacon cheesecake a couple Thanksgivings ago that I might have to resurrect this year. So um, I think that's great. Another thing, uh, Corey, is what we do is we look around the globe to see what's trending. And so a great example that we have seen over in Asian countries is sweet potato. There's actually a sweet potato frappuccino at Starbucks. Who would have ever thought of sweet potato in a frappuccino? I don't know. Then there's even a tea, a a dry tea, sweet potato. So, and that too is in Asia. So I have a feeling that'll be making its way around the globe and coming here sometime in the near future.
0: I mean, sweet potato, I'm in. We had a discussion off the mic before this of just the impact that sweet potato is having on food in general. And I'd say in the last two or three months, I've made at least five different sweet potato dishes at home. Some to, you know, varying degrees of success. So, you know, I'll take it. It's better than the usual, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, what do you have, what do you have, you know, same old, same old. But the other thing I wanted to get back to uh, was that the alcohol as a flavor. I mean, this this is something that I've not heard of. I mean, I don't I don't really consume a lot of alcohol. And usually when I'm going to do it, I'm trying to cover that up. Like in my head, that's what I'm thinking. What what is different? What am I missing?
2: So, what I'm talking about, and that's the interesting thing about alcohol as a flavor. When you're looking at trends and marketplace examples out there, is it can be pretty vast. Right now, there is a seltzer water out there that's pina colada flavor. So, it's actually bringing that kind of those those. Trina can talk more about the notes to that alive alive right in a seltzer. There's actually I was a couple years ago, but there was a Budweiser LTO that had Jim Beam as the flavor. I think it was Jim Beam. You can see uh, rosés are actually having, uh, or ciders actually having rosé flavor. So it's like that cross, crossing boundaries, crossing lanes, um, where you see uh, alcohol flavor popping up. And, there, and actually, the other thing I want to call out is mocktails, or is another example of that coming to life, really. Mm. Because when you go to Caribou Coffee, you're not, having it's it's really more of their frozen drink but it's a mocktail right it's a pina colada flavor or margarita flavor and they've actually featured some this summer Got so it.
1: going to that mocktail side of things you know people aren't always looking just for the alcohol part of it but they, they're definitely looking for something that's a little more sophisticated than your standard juices because a lot of the case a lot of the times it is Somewhat of a juice beverage that you're putting together. If you're looking at your pina col- pina coladas or your uh, strawberry daiquiris, and you're trying to recreate something in a in a mocktail version that's that's similar to and giving the you know it's all about experiences uh, it's very experiential as to how uh, when you go out and you're you're going out for a night, you want to be having that same type of experience as what somebody who's drinking alcohol has. So in some cases it's about building in that that sophistication, but in other cases it is they, they truly want that, that alcohol taste to come through. So we're 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 top noting the the beverages with things that taste like tequila. Uh, you know the actual tequila flavor itself, or or with the gin. You know the juniper berry style flavor that you're trying to build some of that in. So wh- while you're not getting the the burn of the of the alcohol, and actually that's another thing that just popped into my mind. Actually, so sometimes we're we're adding in some of those heat components to kind of you know just so that you're confusing the mind a little, and that that you that you're giving that idea that there's alcohol in there, even though that there's not. Another example out
2: there, too, is a juice. There's a juice out there uh, that has a blueberry mojito. So what you've got there is that delicious blueberry flavor, but then you have that, those hints of the uh, mojito spice, right? So, I, I mean, I think you're seeing it across the board in all kinds of categories. And so that's really stretching that definition of mocktail and really bringing it to life
0: in other categories. So we're talking about new flavors, cutting-edge flavors, transformational, most of all, you know, things that have changed the industry. Let's talk about the you know, the throwouts. What are we done with? what are what are people leaving behind, you know yesterday's news kind of flavors? or is that never a case? Everything just becomes kind of the old standby. We've mentioned like strawberries or blueberries as being you know things people know and love. Is there anything that people have been like, "You know what? I remember having this, and I'm good. I'm done.
2: It's an interesting question, Corey. I don't think we think that way, right? Because anything's a possibility. And there's, Always flavors that might be having a downslope, but they could come back. Or that's where approachable adventure comes in, right? On its own, something might be eh, but you throw in a spice, or you throw in a herb, or you throw in a floral, and now you have a whole new flavor profile, and it's back to life. So you know, I think the one thing you could say that people are moving away from in general, maybe, is that they're always they're looking like there was a stat out there from Mental, I believe it was where half, almost half of the consumers actually read the gram of sugar in the label. So I think there's something to say about moving away from sugar per se, but it's not moving away from the sweet taste, right? They do want that sweet taste. But that would be the only thing that really kind of come to my mind. We are seeing a lot more of zero-proof cocktails. So maybe people are imbibing a little less, though I think that the pandemic might have switched that around. (laughs) Um, uh, But I don't think... I don't think there's flavors going away per se. Maybe types of food, but I don't. In beverage, I don't think flavors are going away. I think they're just getting reinvented.
1: And I think if anything, we see it going entirely the other direction. So there's things that that you know are new to the market that people aren't aren't familiar with, and that they suddenly become so mainstream. So even things like a, a watermelon that a couple of years ago. Um, you know, was always a just a secondary flavor. Suddenly, it's in absolutely everything. You know, there's uh, there's there's very few things that I uh, that I think die away completely. And I think, if anything, it's maybe that uh, things come on the market that are a little bit ahead of their time, and that the that, that the customer isn't actually ready for them. So you know if you look at things like um, some of the protein beverages you know proteins have come a long way in in a few years you know, a few years back the, the, everything tasted horrible so there's things that came and went off the market and uh, and and even it's it's almost like the expectation has changed now people now expect that their the proteins are going to taste good whereas before it was it, this is good for me I mean, it's okay if it doesn't taste well, but now flavor has come back in and it's, uh, you know, flavor's king and uh, that has to be just as, just it's as big a part of, the, of those products as the, the, the functional part.
0: So beverage is the bell-bottoms of the flavor world. Mm-hmm. It's going to circle back around eventually.
1: Yes, it is the bell-bottoms of the flavor world.
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
2: As long as it's not the mom jeans. Are you right?
0: <laughs> We're going to do one of my favorite things that we do on the podcast. As a matter of fact, this is probably why I signed up Other than loving the sound of my own voice. So what we're doing here is we've got five flavor samples to taste, test, and describe. So I'm going to let Julie and Trina tell us what we got on each one. Uh, We'll taste it, we'll talk about it, and then we'll move on to the next. So Julie, why don't you start us off with what we got first?
2: Sure. Well, of course, since my category or my segment that I work on is alcohol... I brought a bit of alcohol in for everyone to try. Um, so, <laughs> um, we're trying here watermelon vodka soda. It's obviously watermelon and vodka, but there's also, also monk fruit, lime, and the unexpected note and where we were talking before how you can change a flavor up. This is basil. There's basil in here. So with that, I'll let everyone try.
0: So to describe what we have here, it's a carbonated drink. It's clear. That's pretty much all there is to it. I'm going to taste it. And you said basil. I'm expecting pasta sauce in my head. But obviously, that's not what we're going to get. So let's give it a shot here.
1: We certainly hope you don't get past it.
0: <laughs> that is really light. That is really light. Out of all the, the flavors that you've described that are in here, that is incredibly light. I mean, the first thing I'm getting hit with are, is on the back of my tongue, I'm getting that berry flavor very quickly. The watermelon is kind of the aftertaste for me, I guess. Me too. When I exhale... Uh, Basil, if it's in there, great. Is this another way for me to get my vegetables? Thank you, but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's light, if anything.
2: I think that well, first of all, I think that light flavors are really that's really kind of the RTD space is light flavors. I also think that's an interesting note how everybody's taste buds are different because I picked up basil first, so it's something to say about how everyone has different flavors.
0: Are you a super taster?
2: I was before covid I'm hoping I am again now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of earthy notes on this one like it's a, it's like the, um, the rind of the watermelon comes through more so than than the actual basil itself. You know it's just a, a little bit slightly overripe for me.
0: And what you guys don't see is how these ladies are actually tasting these drinks. Uh I, myself it's in a little little thimbleful glass. I mean I, I took that like a shot Uh, and I watched Trina do it so like elegantly, I mean, probably the most elegant flavor taster I've ever seen. It was like a (laughs) tiny little sip. And then she gave this amazing description. I was like, I had to drink the whole thing to get anything out of that.
1: That's because I've been working on a lot of (laughs) alcohol projects all morning. So I have to be careful here.
0: (laughs) So what's up next, Julie? What do we got here?
2: So next we have, is we're taking watermelon again. You know, Trina was talking about watermelon earlier. Uh, The interesting thing about watermelon is uh, on the proprietary studies that I've been working on since I've been at FONA, uh, watermelon really rises to the top with the millennial and Gen Z. I mean, it's across the board every time I do one. That's what, it it surprises me that it's always one of the top three, whereas other generations it's not. But anyway, we're now going to try a watermelon kiwi. So this is your fruit and fruit approach. Uh, approachable adventure, and it's also a hard seltzer. So if we can give us a whole nother perspective of how watermelon can come to life.
0: And in this room alone, I think we have a representation of a lot of those fields that you're talking about or those ranges, because I think I'm an older millennial, I, I believe, um, and I'm I'm sure there's two younger millennials in here right now. So yeah, so we can definitely, we'll, we'll give you the perspective of, of each one of us. But this beverage also clear and carbonated, giving that a shot for the watermelon kiwi. This one hits me with a strawberry right off the bat, which is odd to me. And maybe I'm just bad at picking fruits because I don't eat that many of them. Uh, but yeah, I'm getting I'm getting a strawberry right off the bat. But then I, I first thing I thought was soda, like it kind of was a light soda, moving away from like a seltzer, but still very I mean again light refreshing.
1: Yeah, and I. I definitely get that strawberry note as well that you're getting, and we do tend to pair up some strawberries with watermelon quite often. So they may not be calling it out, but there may actually be some strawberry in here because there are. There's always that little red character in the in the in the watermelon as well. Get a lot of floral notes as well on this. You know, there's a lot of uh, 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 you know. It's almost rosy um, in the way it delivers.
0: We had some rose kombucha. In here in one of our other our other podcasts. And I gotta tell you, I'm glad I don't taste the roses. You know, I'd rather just smell them. I'm good with that. But yeah, so so speaking of roses, the next one we have here has a slight pink hue to it. Uh, and it's it's called aviation. Yes. What is this? The,
2: the aviation. Yeah. Aviation is like a classic cocktail. It's seen as stay in the sun again. All right, it's um gosh, if I only knew exactly what time frame it came from, I don't know, but it is considered a classic cocktail that's res- having a resurgence. I know that Molly Zimmerman, going back to her and our innovation managers, big fan of the aviation. Um but this aviation features violet. The fl- the flavor of violet. So it does have a kind of a pink hue and it does have gin in it. So think juniper berry when you try this.
0: What other so this is is kind of a, a callback to a, an older drink. Are there other what other drinks are that can we compare this to? What other drinks are like callbacks?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. When you were saying compare it to, I was like, I don't think there's any to compare <laughs> it to. But I mean, there's a lot that are coming back that you know that you. My great aunt Betty used to drink Manhattan and Old Fashions on the weekend. Yeah, like water, right? But no. Sorry, I'm petty. But, uh, <laughs> but but that that is coming back, right? And then there's Negronis and other... Or even, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I used to be in the bar business in Chicago. Very grateful that I was there when it was shot in a beer. Now, these cocktails are on the menu all the time and everyone has to have... is committed to memory mm-hmm. of seven and eight steps. I only had to crack open a bottle, pour a bottle. So... Um, But a lot of these classic cocktails, or they're taking classic cocktails in the restaurant and then twisting them, right? Where you have meringue on it and egg froth and all kinds of good stuff like that. Egg froth. I don't even know if that's the right term. I might be making someone cringe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I get this a quick taste. So, again, a little pink liquid. Getting kind of a smell of like a ginger ale almost when I'm starting here. But let me give it a taste and see what happens. Oh, Yeah that That pine tree taste, juniper. the juniper uh-huh. right there. this is This is why I don't drink gin. My cousin is a big fan of gin and tonics, and she's like, you know, every time we would go out when when I was younger, like that's what she would order. I'd ask her how she would drink that and because it just it tastes like you literally ingested pine needles. And I just I couldn't get on that train. but this, the sweet note that it hits on the sides of my tongue, like the juniper berries is so quick. That you'd barely even if we hadn't said it, I wouldn't have noticed.
1: See, and there's something interesting about the juniper because the juniper causes that salivatory Mm. effect, and so that's why it tastes so refreshing. But yes, I get the juniper straight up on this as well, and then with underlying berry notes.
0: Is there a specific way to serve all of these like correctly? Like, I don't know about you guys, but I always like them like ice cold. You know, even if, even if you don't know, like, how would you drink them if you were to ingest these?
2: I think when it comes to hard seltzers, people are just used to having them really cold in a can. Um, I'm not even sure if anyone pours them out and puts them in ice. On the aviation, on the other hand, it's designed to be a cocktail. It's ready to make. It's ready to go. But I'm sure that's when people, even the bottle does not is not designed to be, you know, consumed directly out of the bottle. That's a put on the ice and then probably garnish as see fit. Whereas the other ones, I mean, I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone pour their hard seltzer out into a glass. Could be wrong, but what I've heard about though is that people put, I think, tagine on on the rim of their can and then drink it. So t-
1: tagine is a, a a Latin spice, right? It's mostly a lime base with some with some with some spice, but the the spice is actually very mild and the and the tahine so. You also see uh, other ones like the um, chamoy, um, which has got more of the the heat kick to it, and that lined around the edge of the can can really add a little kick to your to your beverage.
0: Jeez, and maybe there's a new flavor combination or a new, uh, you know, transformational beverage out there of you know tahine flavored uh, drink here that we're that we're missing out on.
2: Or maybe there's a whole new thing where you have like the plastic lid on top so that the Rim, the salted rim is already right there. Ready to and go. Then you take that out and then you drink it. Oh, innovations all the time, right?
0: Oh. <laughs> That's why you do what you do. <laughs> all right, so we got we got two more flavors here. Yes. Uh, the next one is an elderflower pear. Yes, it's clear carbonated. If you guys want to lend a little credence or a little information about the flavor here,
2: well, sure. Um, elderflower, right? It's we see we're seeing florals everywhere, right? You're seeing um, when you have. A plum hibiscus tea at Panera. You're obviously seeing acceptance and demand out in the marketplace because Panera is not going to bring something out and ha- and keep it out if it's not selling, right? So people are getting used to fl- uh, another example was um, launched a hibiscus, and within like nine months they had a million and a half dollars in sales or something crazy like that. But w- with that prolifer- with more acceptance of like hibiscus and more well known flowers is that demand for more creative flowers. So you're seeing elderflower, you're seeing the violets. I saw something out there with dandelion. I saw something out there with um marigold, right? You're seeing a wider variety of flowers out there. Um and so elderflower is one that's I think actually up and coming in the in menu adoption cycle.
0: Yeah. First smell on here is is the hibiscus or excuse me the elderflower that I'm getting. This is so sweet. This is fantastic. Uh, If you guys didn't know, I don't really drink too much uh, on the alcohol spectrum. Is this this alcohol? Yes. This is crazy. I almost have a syrupy note to this one. Um, Felt a little thicker than the others as far as mouthfeel goes. But I mean, flavor-wise, that's delicious. I would go for a a can of that anytime. Yeah, That's my favorite so far. Uh, And then the last guy that we have here is a mango pineapple. I'm assuming that this one's going to be maybe as sweet as the other, maybe not. I could well, be wrong. One of the reasons we're
2: tasting it last is because it's the most sweet. And this is actually shifting you away from alcohol. And this is more or less an energy drink. It's definitely what they call it, more of a functional beverage. It features natural caffeine and L-theanine, and it's a mango pineapple flavor. And the thing about this too, to take note, if you want to keep in mind, is there's zero sugar in this. So when I was talking earlier about people looking at the grams of sugar and how they still want sweet, but they don't want that sugar. This is a perfect example of bringing that to life and making it taste good.
0: Okay. So this guy here, again, clear carbonated. Smells that I'm getting on this one, like ginger ale almost. Like gingery kind of thing. Uh, let, me, let me give it a taste here. Yeah. Getting the, the mango first. Very not as I don't think this was as sweet as the last one, or it's a different type of sugar, like you guys said. Yeah, so you can definitely taste the difference in the sugar on this one. My my elderflower pear is my number one. I'm I will die on that hill.
2: You know what I like about it is um, I'm old enough to remember how low sugar tasted before artificial tasted, and this is amazing. It's like when Trina, you were talking about the protein and how. Years ago, protein drinks, people drank it because they knew it was good for them, not because they liked the taste. Back in the day, people drank things with artificial sugar because they were supposed to, but it didn't taste good. Now, sure, you may or may not like the flavor profile. Everyone has different taste buds and different different likes and dislikes. However, when it comes to that sugar, like you said, it's not really sweet, but you don't have that whole artificial mouthfeel, taste, etc., and so I really like it for that purpose as well. And I think, you know, one of the things to call out about that elderflower pear is that I think in hard seltzer, flavors are a little subtle. And this was not in your face, but not as, in, not as subtle as others we try. And so that combination's delicious. And yet it's consistently there throughout the beginning of your taste to the end of your taste. So maybe that's another reason why you like it, yeah. Or you just like pear. I,
0: I mean, that could be it too. I <laughs> uh, I do when I do reach for a piece of fruit, if it's not an apple, it's a pear. There we go. So there you go. <laughs> my 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 predilection toward pear is showing. This was amazing. Uh, thank you guys for bringing these these flavors in. But uh, now it's time to do what we always do at the end of the show, and that is to ask you about our takeaways. Can we get from each of you two or three takeaways, things to look out for, things that are interesting about the industry, maybe things that people should know about the beverage landscape?
2: Well, one thing I would say a takeaway is that really kind of almost nothing's off the table, right? I mean, you can go anywhere. If you can, have, granted, it's a novelty LTO, but you can have curly fries, vodka, you can have anything. I also think that to Trina's point, that there's really no flavor that really goes away. It's just how else can you look at it and make it come to life? And then I personally am a big fan of this whole movement of spices, herbs, spicy florals, because I think it just adds a layer of excitement that's unexpected. And I feel like people are, are craving for it.
0: And so. before we hand this over to Trina, and I may just be behind on the lingo or the acronyms, what is an LTO?
2: Oh, Okay, some of my experience was in the food and food service business, the restaurant business, and LTO means limited time only. Got it. <laughs> Got it. So you'll hear some like sometimes I talk about back of house. That's the rest.
1: Yeah. I think they're still in there. They'll probably be there forever.
0: I, I understand.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you think of pumpkin, for instance, that's always considered an LTO because it's only ever out, at least used to be only ever out during the the fall season. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, Trina, your three takeaways for this.
1: So, my three takeaways. Well, again, I'm going to reiterate what Julie said the world's the oyster when it comes to, to flavor. So, I mean, there are so many possibilities, and, and don't ever feel shy about trying something new. Um, but think about your customer. Think about think about what what they're looking for. So if we need to ground it with something familiar in order to and, and add something a little bit more exciting, and that maybe that's something that that's new to them, then we can certainly do that. And I can't think of a third one, so a little two do
0: <laughs> two will be just fine. <laughs> Awesome takeaways. Great to know. Definitely something I've learned today, uh, reiterating what you guys have said as far as nothing off the table and everything old can be new again. So 100%, you know, great takeaways for everybody. Now, the last part, it's our fun part, supposed to be our fun part, even though everybody cringes when I start this. Uh, which We've you had guys a couple just... drinks, so it might not be so bad. No, not a really... Couple thimbles. What you guys didn't see is that Trina instantly took the mic and just tossed it at Julie, um, with with no remorse.
2: <laughs> I, it might have hit me in the head.
0: <laughs> so first, first thing we're going to go with is, what's your favorite flavor, and why? What is a flavor that's out there that either you you search for it, it brings you back?
2: I do have a new favorite. I am in love with cardamom cardamom. So, there is a coffee place I go to that gives you, um, you know, the the brown sugar shake in coffee, but they put cardamom in it. Fell in love with cardamom. Then I actually tried cardamom in a blondie, you know, bring up, mm-hmm. but in a mm-hmm. blondie. Yep. And then I had cardamom, like, in a soup. I am all about cardamom, whether it's in a... And there, you're talking... Um, what was great is that my point of entry there was beverage, right? I tried cardamom in a drink first, decided I love that. And now I'm seeking, like, I had um, went from that to having that as part of an appetizer. I went somewhere, we're talking a little more money, right? So, um, cardamom is my flavor of du jour.
0: Beverage, the gateway flavor. Mm-hmm. Watch yeah. out, kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, sticking with Julie, what is your least favorite flavor? What's something that you won't, won't try, don't look for, don't want? And if there's nothing, we've had people say nothing. Some, there are some people that are more adventurous than I that will try anything and like most everything.
2: Well, seafood is one, uh, <laughs> but that's that beverage. Um, that's okay. It doesn't have to be. I usually stay away from melon. These were, delish- these were delicious, but uh, honeydew, any kind of melon, no, 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 thank you. Everyone else loves them, I might know, but oh, maybe I gave my age away.
0: <laughs> and, and finally, last one for you, Julie, is what's your go to drink at the bar?
2: Well, I can tell you what I, my go to drink at home is. Fair enough. And boy, this is kind of an interesting one. I can't believe, maybe again, I'm embarrassed to say it out loud, but I'm going to tell you what it is. Uh, there is a CBD black raspberry seltzer with a little vodka, and then I drop a hibiscus bomb in it, flavor bomb in it. Boom. <laughs> so good.
0: I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I mean when you you sold me with the hibiscus bomb at the end. Uh, as I've discovered today that's one of my my likes, I guess.
2: I guess well I guess you could see that I've been working at Fona for a while, right? So <laughs> I was like layering flavors. There you go. There you go.
0: <laughs> so go ahead Trina. Your first one is again favorite flavor thing that you search out or that you just, you know, have would might wouldn't mind having every day.
1: Okay. Well, I have a few. <laughs> can I have more than one? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I have black currant. Because it takes me back to my childhood, and I'm, it's finally starting coming to come onto the American market, and I'm like, yes, because I've been trying for years to get people to like currant over here, um, rhubarb. That's it. Uh, also, maybe a little European and, uh, and uh, coming this direction as well. Now, I see it in more and more things out on the market. So, I'm, I'm a happy camper these days. And ginger is my last one. I absolutely love ginger. So, and there's so many variations of it out there that, have, that there's plenty for me to taste. And then for the ones I hate, yeah. <laughs> rosemary. So, <laughs> so, they always laugh at me inside of work because. People love to put rosemary into, into beverages, but I think it tastes like chicken when it's in the Exactly. Beverage, so it's awful. I just don't like uh-huh. it. Nope. So keep it out of beverages as far as I'm concerned.
0: If I wanted to eat a chicken, yeah. I'd eat a chicken. Exactly. Um, all right. And finally, your drink at the bar of choice
1: is a jalapeno margarita.
0: Really, is that new, or is that just something?
1: It's been around for a while. I, I and mean, they've actually taken it off the. Off, I used to get it in Chili's all the time, and then they've taken it off the, off their menu. So I'm very disappointed at the moment. But I, I like a kick in my drink. So um, awesome. yeah. All
0: right. Well, thank you both so much for coming today. That's it for Phonus Flavor University podcast. I'm Corey Duset and I'd like to thank our special guests, Julie Olson and Trina Murray, for joining us today. Thank you so much for coming in. This was. Not just because you brought the drinks, but so much fun. So thanks again for everybody listening out there. And until next time, the flavor of Fona is the flavor of life. So go out and taste it.